Hey, this is Chris Powell. And this is AJ Marseille. We are the co-hosts of Bellingham Podcast. And guess what? We are professionals. And we make mistakes. And like you're going to see a mistake in this episode, as we talk about episode 177, well, guess what? We already recorded that. Uh, so this is actually episode 179. Yes. Uh, don't be don't let you don't be fooled about what you're about to hear. We're actually progressing to 200, and this coming up is episode 179 of the Bellingham Podcast. You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of January 31st, 2021. This is episode 177. From Crows Overhead City by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And straight up in 98226, I am Chris Powell. Catch that? We'll talk about it in a second. On this episode, AJ and I are going to put the needle on the record when the dope beats go like this. And in that case, this is the Bellingham Podcast. How are you doing, Chris? I'm just dandy right now. Not as cold for a January in nah. Bellingham as one would expect. Where are we, AJ Barce? We are at the Big Rock Garden at the top of Sylvan Street uh, on Alabama Hill in Bellingham, Washington. It's the notorious BRG. <laughs> it is the notorious BRG. <laughs> We're actually by the, uh, this is the, the the pagoda that is the commemoration, if I recall, I don't have the plaque in front of me, it, uh, it, it commemorizes uh, helping children in Korea during the Korean War. Chris, I'm, can you fact check me? Yeah, I will fact check you because I'm standing up from where I'm seated and there's actually a plaque here, the Korean War Children's Memorial Pavilion. Come on over, AJ. Okay, You're I did, mobile I did too. get it right. We'll do, we'll do this. Uh, what is that? Dedicated uh, to the song? American servicemen and women for their aid to the children of Korea back in uh, 2003, the dedication. Yep. So uh, we're standing under that uh, wonderful little pagoda type uh, thing. And now we're going <laughs> to move back to our seated spots. Wow, that's, that's some pretty good uh, audio uh, uh, commentary. Fun yeah. fact about the Big Rock Garden and my connection with it. Way back in the day before uh, my beautiful wife, I was a musician about town. And I was part of a trio called Evolution Trio. Nice. It was a wonderful experience with a couple uh, musicians here in Bellingham, and we had an opportunity to play the Big Rock Garden right over yonder behind you, which is a little bit of a, a little balcony deck area overlooking uh, the city with trees in the back. And uh, there was we had a wonderful uh, seating of lawn chairs of people and picnic chairs. Uh, the problem that existed for that in Big Rock Garden, the curators of this. A f- beautiful location. Like, this is a destination for Bellingham uh, unto itself. Totally. The curators were adamant, and I mean, they put the atom in adamant that there was no electricity to be used during this performance. All acoustic? All acoustic. Okay. And the problem was, I'm an electric <laughs> You're bass, a bass player, player. <laughs> with electric bass. Yeah. And I fought that. I'm like, I could bring a battery powered amp. Nope. It's an acoustic uh, venue. Yeah. Huh. And so I had to. Uh, contact a musician uh, in this community who uh, had an uh, acoustic bass. And I was able to uh, (laughs) perform the gig. But you know what? An acoustic bass sounds beautiful, but it doesn't have the amplification thump like the electric bass does. Let's get to the show. Well, it falls into what we're talking about, which is uh, 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 audiophilia. Uh, The lovers of audio. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's a good dovetail. So, uh, this is going to, this is going to be actually a two-parter and we're going to be t- uh, tackling the hi-fi and the lo-fi of, of music and audio in today's digital and audio uh, analog age. And for those of you who are not aware, the fi stands for fidelity. Right. So, uh, opening up this, uh, 
so I, uh, my birthday is coming up, Chris, and uh, my my wonderful and beautiful wife got me something that I've I've mentioned a couple episodes back. Uh, I used to have a turntable and you know the mixer, the receiver, the amplifier, the 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 two stack, you know the whole thing. And early young days of AJ being in Bellingham, you know, rent was expensive, you know, had to sell stuff. And on top of that, hauling all of that stuff to small dinky apartments in this town, not great. A thousand songs in your pocket does not qualify for the long play vinyl record wax. I I did get an uh, iPod mini out of it. So um, I I had the caveat, my wife and I had just started dating. So she didn't really remember much of uh, the vinyl and and the differences and stuff because I had an iPod and an iHome. It's the same thing. It's music, right? And uh, so... Fast forward, um, as, as, as time went on, I, I've, I've been kind of eyeballing things, and I really wanted to have a turntable for my son. I can remember my young days, my own pops and I, uh, in our front living room, and I remember dropping, my dad showing me to drop a needle on the record and stuff. I don't, I don't even remember what the records were, to be honest. I, I've got some of them still, but I liked those memories, and, and I carried them with them. And the fact that, you know, I had my pops and my mom's albums, you know, like the fact that music could be passed down. Now, not all of it's to my taste, but still, it was more the memory around the music, not necessarily the vinyl itself. And now that I have, you know, a four-year-old, I wanted to share that same thing because my son and I listened to a lot of the same tunes. He likes soca. He likes some lo- uh, some some lo-fi. And so that got me thinking about this. And so my wife uh, got me a heyday turntable. Not anything fancy, Chris. It's a $100 turntable. with uh, It has analog or you can connect it through Bluetooth. This is the Venn diagram of LP uh, vinyl record players. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is, is that I wanted something that was convenient, not intimidating. Wow, those crows are getting louder. Yeah, that they're, they're attending. They're our live studio audience. So if you hear crows cr- cr- crowing in the background, that's them. Yeah, three out of four uh, murders of crows agree with what my statement is. Out of it, like, uh, I've, I've had some good conversations with folks of, like, why, why go back into vinyl, you know? And and why, especially in in the hi-fi scene, to go through the effort of going analog just to pipe it through Bluetooth? Look, I'm just going to... There's links in the show notes. And for the love of all of the wax something, I don't have a cool thing. Just drink. Drink. Uh, Here's the thing. Um, As a technologist, I will say, like, I'm not going to say that vinyl is the best end all be all for hi-fi because honestly technology has progressed and there are things called flac files you can look it up there's links and really flac files and some of these high resolution uh digital files provide what vinyl did provide but it, it there's one thing that's lacking chris and that's what we're going to hit on probably on the second part of our our episode is the notion of albums not singles you have to put, go through an effort of preparing your vinyl, dropping a needle, and listening to it. You don't get to skip tracks very easily. No, and for uh, an example, I like my favorite song off this album is Time, but I'm not going to simply extract the song Time from Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Right. That is something to be listened to in its entirety, front to back. And uh, that is the, one of the th- touchstones of what we are uh, getting into. Uh, way back in the day, there were albums that were created for a reason, and the songs were sequenced in a certain fashion, as opposed to, here's a hit, hit single, here's a ballad, here's an ultra-fast uh, thing, here's a cover song, and here's a remake. Right. This, th- they had uh, a specific th- plan in mind as they were releasing a long-play album. And so with that, like the, the other thing that I like about this is, uh, as opposed to going digital, 
Chris, I don't know about you, but over the years, I have acquired MP3s and WAV files and AIFFs and sing along if you know the extension game. And here's the thing is that if you listen to those early MP3s that you may have purchased or acquired and you compare them to uh, MP3 300, which is like the highest grade, um, yeah. it's still technically a, a lossy file as opposed to lossless, but not to get too far in the, the tech weeds, basically it still has to be compressed. The file is compressed, which is where you get weird anomalies in audio, especially when you're putting it through a sound system. Very loud car stereo. When you have something like vinyl, the fact is, is that this is a 120 year old technology. It still has a place in digital, the digital era, because here's the thing, like I have my mom and dad's vinyl, most, most of it. My son will have whatever albums that we collect as a family. And if he ends up having to scrap for some money in his uh, young days as a, uh, as a young adult, fine, so be it. But it, it's the memories, not the albums that I want to carry with them. So to, to kind of jump off into our, our setups. So when my wife got me uh, an early birthday present, uh, I had reciprocity and she never really owned a LP before. So I, I sought out, um, shout out to Helen Jane Long out of the United Kingdom. She is a wonderful instrumental and pianist. And if you want some really nice, uh, just great, easy listening, uh, check out her work. She was the artist that we walked to in our wedding. Aha. Uh -huh. Now, uh, I, oh, I can hear that in the distance, not the crows in this case. No, no. It's all of our listeners going, oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. So uh, her first album was Perspective. If you want to look it up, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great album, uh, digital or LP. And um, for her, again, going back, she doesn't really remember much of the, 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 the record set that I had. She dropped the needle for the first time, and our sound system is literally our entertainment center that's attached to our TV. So it's a sound bar. It's a Vizio sound bar with a subwoofer. Ain't anything fancy or impressive, honestly. There is a subtlety that you can get the air moving through speakers and the, the sound that comes from a, a phonograph yes. versus uh, digital. I can, I can experience it. And the, there's the subtle clicks and pops yeah. as well. Well, you can take those out. I mean, that's just cleaning your equipment, you know. But those clicks and pops add life to, sure. the, to the thing. It's, it's the not exact measurement of the slow food movement when you're cooking a meal. This is a slow music movement. Well, it, I like to frame it more like experience versus convenience, okay? It is not convenient to play an LP, but it is an experience to do it. And more and more, uh, dear listeners, if you've listened to Chris and I, you know, heckle for 176 episodes now, because uh, the first one doesn't count, look, we want you to be able, especially in today's day and age, uh, we've heard you. We, we, we hear from you a lot, like disconnecting and, and resonating with some of the stuff that we talk about. Your information diet has been in on, on overload for way too long. I challenge you, dear listener, the next time, after you get done playing this digital podcast, go pick an album, whether it's a CD and a, you know, a digital stream, whatever. And for the entire album, sit, listen to it, and don't mindlessly swipe on a digital device. Don't answer that text Read a book, write in your journal, okay? Cook. Look out the window. Look out the window, yep. okay? And then ask yourself how you feel after that. That's all I'm gonna say. Like that, that, that's really what it boils down for me is that it's an experience of you know, appreciating the music for what it is and the time that you spend with it. Yeah, absolutely. So Chris, <laughs> check D me with your digital setup. <laughs> well, um, I've gone all the way from having the, the compact disc player single to, uh, loading tray when it came out. Oh yeah! I worked my butt off in high school to afford one of those when it was a compact disc digital player. Oh yeah! Uh, with the analog, with the component stereo system. But you know, uh, I 
don't like having a lot of things, go figure. And I have, um, I have a Bluetooth speaker. And currently it's the sound, Soundcore Flare Plus. It looks like uh, a little bit of a big uh, can of beverage. <laughs> <laughs> can of beverage. And it's got the bass and it's got the little neon light. And ooh, it's pretty when the room is dim. And it provides adequate sound system. I don't, I pl I've played venues that have rip your head off loud uh, sound quality. The Marshall stack that yeah. can literally blow I've clothes been there. off. I don't, I, I don't, I am not in the audiophile category and I totally give props to those who are because totally. they, they love their craft. They're a hobbyist. This is their thing. Give me a Bluetooth speaker with a good enough where I can hear the subtleties of an ambient album, which is what I normally play when I'm working and I'm happy. I have, uh, you know, pretty much iPhone or a device, yeah. uh, like an iPad, not much else. And that's my player. And going in through a Bluetooth speaker, it's really simple. And, you know, the sound bar does add the oomph when you're watching a movie. I really don't need that experience because I've already seen the movie in the theater when I'm paying 15 bucks. And I look forward to that again, but to be able to get the rumble seats and the OMG, my ears are ringing uh, loud decibels from the action scenes. Uh, I don't need that in my home. That's just my personal preference. So the audio... Uh, you know, even though we don't have neighbors directly next to us because we live in a single family dwelling, it's not that much of a factor to me. But the music that I play is a factor to me. The sound quality is not one of my deal breakers. There may come a time when I'm like, yep, I want the room dedicated where there's one chair with the armrests like the Maxell Corporation. Remember listeners oh, from do. the 80s, the, the dude being, you know, with his hair blowing in the advertisement? Yeah. Um, you have the chair, you have the high quality reference monitors and that uh, rumble to the start of Dark Side of the Moon or dare I say David Lee Roth's Eat Em and Smile from 1986, that will be the pinnacle of when I invest in a uh, <laughs> sound system. Otherwise, I'm pretty simple. Well, no, that, that's, uh, but okay, so I, I actually, to dovetail into your story, so when I was in grad school, I had a, uh, an audiophile of, of a prof, shout out to Stan if he's listening, and, um, you know, as, as a dutiful, like, grad student and, you know, you're doing your research and stuff, you visit your, your professor's homes and stuff. And I remember visiting his for the first time because he was an audiophile. And he was probably the first minimalist I actually met because uh, I came from, like, you have to have the amplifier, you got your preamp, you got to put it into the receiver, you got to put in, you know, from a tech's perspective, like, I always looked at it from the gear because that's what I would do. I used to be a media technician. And he had a room. Um, his wife also was a, a beautiful musician in her own right, plays piano. And I remember he told me to sit down and he put on, I don't remember what it was, some, some sort of symphony. Uh, and uh, it was on LP and it played through the room and you couldn't see other than the LP player, you couldn't see anything else. He had everything masked and he had acoustic tiling, but I didn't notice it because mm -hmm. it was artistically done. Yep. And if you sat right there, his hobby was he wanted to have the most minimalist setup, true analog, soup to nuts. And so it was one amplifier that he had handcrafted for him in his room uh, with the speakers that are, everything was matched, but it was just turntable, amplifier, speaker, and that was it. And it, 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 I, I never thought of it that way. There's, there's a way to be able to take a song and turn it into an emotional experience. Uh, I would th think that the amount of time investment, the amount of curation in the technology 
if you are one to do the slow food movement, you talk about bread making. Sure. A lot of simple ingredients make this wonderful uh, end result. Yeah. If you really are down with your coffee and you get the K-cups, but you've got all these other accessories to put in the coffee once it's brewed, that's something similar. You know, what is your area of interest? In this case, for your grad teacher, yeah. it was it was creating an emotional experience that transcended just a, a Walkman cassette player with yeah. the foam ear earphones and stuff. I, I give props to that. But, you know, for a lot of us, I, I think the, the music experience, especially since we're so connected with rapid fire uh, uh, accessing of information, that's going to be a tough challenge to get to that place. And, and where's, where's a single parent of a couple kiddos who are not able to abide by the rules? We're going to be quiet while mommy or daddy listens to this song now. Uh, where, where can you get that in a three-bedroom apartment or a two-bedroom apartment condo uh, to be able to get that? Well, maybe there can be a couple noise-canceling headphones that you can have to find that music that can evoke that emotional connection in your uh, in your life. No, I, and that's what's nice about having more of these more contemporary turntables. Yes, you can spend Gagzook's money on this. And, you know, audiophiles might um, turn their nose on the fact that, you know, you're playing it through Bluetooth. But if that's if that's the avenue, like you said, if that is the that you can get the emotional experience plus the music that you need for your detox or your mental unwind or whatever, then by all means do that. You know, the the splurge would be more of the headphones, right? Like the Bose sound canceling. Like sure. you are, if you don't have a room, you can make it within the technology. And that's that's what's nice about this bridge of analog and digital. You can get the experience, experiential side through analog, but the convenient side of digital. And uh, and as a corollary challenge uh, to our dear <laughs> listeners, I would I would wage one of the things I do when I'm watching a movie that I've seen before, I like really immersing myself in what was going on with that movie. Mm -hmm. And so therefore I have IMDB on and I'm looking at the trivia and learn more about what went on in the movie's production creation. If you were to maybe after or sometime before uh, listening to an album full length without a screen, do a little research on the artist. And if there's some kind of website that talks about a review of the album or what they did to create that music, try an album that you've heard your, you know, your elders talk about with great reverence and give it a try and see what all the hubbub is. And you might encounter another possibility of expanding your horizons. Uh, I was really shocked that my uh, beautiful 18-year-old uh, daughter really enjoys Natalie Cole. Like the Unforgettable album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no and, and a lot of these classic Knacking Cold st style songs. Because here's someone who's on the bleeding edge of technology yeah. and, and stuff, and she has playlists that, as I'm hearing it through the house when she was uh, here with us, she's back in college, boys, uh, tough luck here in Bellingham, <laughs> uh, to listen to this classic music. She's got her own playlists of singles. Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a time and place for that. But to go back into an era that is not of overproduced, overcompressed, overdecibelized, um, hyper technologically produced mm. music, it's like wow. Uh, I was I was like, well, this is cool and interesting. So it, it, I think there, you know, 
there are some out there who are evolved or are evolving to willing to give things a try. Now, I'm not talking about Racer X Street Lethal's debut album, in case you're interested in Paul Gilbert playing 64th notes in a double bass, kick drum, uh, heavy metal guitar album. But if you try something from what your elders are uh, really into, mm-hmm. well, here's a way to be able to at least have something to talk about. Yeah. Like Bonnie Raitt said, let's give him something to talk about. Oh, wow. How you... about analog? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> See, I knew you'd have too much fun with having uh, an episode on audiophilia and dropping all of the music references that you normally do anyway. Dude, this could be like... a part 10 <laughs> if you get me involved in music. That's been a big part of my life. But anyway. So with all those references, I've got something that I would like to dovetail into, and that is our quality assurance. That's right. Something else of note, because these picks are picked for you by Chris Powell and AJ Barsay for your quality assurance. That's right. So uh, I wanted to bring up, if you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I kind of want to dabble in this, whether it's digital or the physical, doing the LP or whatever. If you wanted to, and you have obscure preferences, okay? Like if you like the indie bands. The pandemic's been hard on a lot of musicians. We've we've mentioned this before. And there's a service that we like uh, called Bandcamp. Oh yeah. Not a paid plug. We just like their service. What's cool about Bandcamp, and I've I've bought several albums um, uh, from various different bands. One of which, based out of Seattle, Washington, that has a very cult following because they only had one album that was pinnacle to people in the elder millennial generation, such as myself. (laughs) Smile when you say elder, cowboy. I'm a decade older than you. Yeah, shout out to the Postal Service. They were basically a one-album wonder, and... Uh, they, the album was called Give Up and anybody who was in college, like myself, when that album came out, like it elicits a lot of emotion and memory because everything on that album was great. One of, they had a uh, 10 year anniversary edition that went on LP. You cannot find it. If you can, it's hugely expensive. So dear listener, if you're a fan of the postal service, if you go to Bandcamp and you follow the postal service, you can still get Give Up on LP for a reasonable price because you're buying it straight from the label and the artists themselves, Sub Pop Records, out of Seattle, Washington. It's a it's a corollary, that's my term of the show, uh, to buy local. Yeah. You're going directly, uh, you know, <laughs> farm to table. How about artists to platter, uh, vinyl record platter? Yeah, oh, there we go, there we go. Yeah. But, but that's what's great is that you're supporting, sure, Bandcamp probably has a commission for sales, but like... Probably I, better than Apple's would. Probably, but that's the thing is that if, if you're listening to this today and you're like, man, I kind of want to, I kind of want to doubt in, in this audiophilia that you guys are talking about, start at Bandcamp. And especially if you like indie indie bands, because one, in this pandemic, you're supporting them and their music. The second thing is, if you are if you want to dabble in vinyl and get a cheap you know turntable or whatever, and you get a, a record out of something uh, like a band out of Bandcamp, a lot of the times the band will give you also those high resolution MP3 or FLAC files. So you can have both best of both worlds. It's audio swag of the good kind. Sure. <laughs> I'm riffing here. Give me a break. No, no, no. But that's the great thing is that you can listen for yourself. And again, I really wanted to bring the the, the notion that you don't have to be a hi-fi snob or a hi-fi hipster to do this. We're, we're talking about music and bringing the experience of it and joy back to it and not doing the just the hits you know listening to it soup to nuts and the time you spend so chris do you have something for your quality assurance absolutely so i've been for a majority of these 177 episodes an ambassador of ambient in which i uh really extol the virtues of the tempo-less wordless 
waves of sonic creation that are great to have in the background and, and such. And, and for quality, you know, in addition to Bandcamp, there's a wonderful app cross-platform that you could have on your phone in your uh, discovery. All that you purchase can be you know, shown in through there. And I think you can actually play albums to audition through the app oh, cool. uh, to, you know, to see what you're getting before you throw down on the cashola. Um, there is another site out there that I enjoy, another record label of the ambient ilk called A Strangely Isolated Place. Rad. Because, you know, Bellingham sometimes is a strangely isolated place. There's my tie-in to Bellingham. Uh, they have a great uh, list of artists and music. And if you... Here, if you've heard me yammer on about ambient music, there's a wonderful primer article to read uh, on ASIP, if you will, called Neither Seen Nor Heard, A Journey Through Ambient Music. Hmm. It's a great read. It talks you through the history of ambient music way back when Brian Eno, uh, the godfather, if you will, uh, maybe it may have coined the term, uh, but it talks about the 70s ambient, 80s ambient, 90s aughts and up till nowadays, hmm. uh, great introduction of a primer. And then also, in addition to the Bandcamp app, which we both agree for quality assurance, there is a strangely isolated place has made the venture of a 24-7 streaming website that also is an app available on a, a device of yours. And it's called 9128.live. Oh, That's crazy. the actual website. 9128. Now, as you're visualizing those numbers, think about them in the digital clock uh, font. Nine, one, if you two. take ASIP, 9128 is a little bit of a derivation reversed okay. of ASIP. Got it. Uh, and so that's a little bit of a cheeky play on words or, you know, a cheeky pun. But uh, check that out because it's streaming ambient music that you can have playing in the background or take a half hour to just meditate, do yoga, do uh, a nap, whatever have you. This is great opportunities to listen to some new artists and new music. And on the website, there's a wonderful little community of people chatting if the uh, people are, you know, listening at the same time. Check them out. I dig it. But one thing that uh, a strangely isolated place does not sell are forks. Wait, they don't? They do not. And therefore, I believe we should stick a fork in this episode for part one and then kick things back up next week for part two. Or maybe a tuning fork. But that wraps up this Dropping a Beat edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to get your podcast. Remember, if you're in the Bellingham area, you might drop a needle on KMRE 102.3 FM. They are community powered where the dope beats go all over the internet uh, at KMRE.org. And on that sick beat, I'm AJ Barce. I am Chris Powell, and we thank you for joining in to the Bellingham Podcast. Mars? What? Yeah, back in the 80s, Mars, uh, pump up the volume, pump up the volume, dance, dance. That was my, yeah. For those of you that don't understand, that was a hook from the initial intro of the show. King of the Quips. <laughs> <laughs>